พุทธังธรรมังสังฆังนมัสสามLiving beyond victory and defeat, how is that possible? 
we can, I think, as I said, use this as a template for considering how to survive, how to survive such circumstances, how to navigate through such territory when we feel deeply offended or feel threatened or feel sad. How do we navigate such territory? Naturally, our minds tend to take sides, for and against, should and shouldn't, right and wrong, accepting and rejecting, liking and disliking. That's natural. However, if that's all we have, if that's what we're compulsively doing, is taking sides, then we can end up feeling deeply divided, deeply conflicted. In this Dhammachaka Sutta we were just reciting this evening, the Buddha talks about taking sides for pleasure or against pleasure, the two extremes which he said are a dead end. He's following these two extremes as a dead end. And then he goes on to talk about what he calls the Majima Patipata, the middle way. And this middle way is not a denial of the tendencies of the mind to take sides, liking and disliking, accepting and rejecting, agreeing and disagreeing. These tendencies of mind, these tendencies of heart, are thoroughly natural. However, this perspective that the Buddha spoke of as the middle way is a whole different view, a whole different view on these movements of mind, on accepting and rejecting, agreeing and disagreeing, liking and disliking, winning and losing. It's a view, it's a different view, and this is what the Buddha is encouraging us to cultivate. This kind of a view that means we can see what we see, feel what we feel, without being lost in them. And this is the encouragement. It's, uh, so it's not, it's not a matter of, of feeling bad because we have tendencies of agreeing and disagreeing or taking sides. Those, those tendencies of mind are, are aspects of intelligence, of discernment, and normal. And however, our relationship to those tendencies is what matters. Uh, it's not just the tendencies. Uh, uh, our teachers tell us that uh, what we need to do is to remember there's also the knowing of those tendencies. There's the knowing of the mind moving towards taking sides for and against, right and wrong, should and shouldn't, good and bad. That's, our teachers are encouraging us to notice the movement of the mind for and against, to these extremes, agreeing and disagreeing. So the work, the invitation, and what we do well to remember when we're faced with serious difficulties is how can we strengthen our faith that this is a possibility? 
We can't necessarily know unless you've already done your work. But we all have faith that this is possible. How can we strengthen this faith? Remembering again, we're not talking about judging the tendencies of the mind to take sides. The tendency to take sides are just so, are just like movements of the mind, of the heart, agreeing and disagreeing. The encouragement is to make the effort to notice the tendency to move towards taking sides. And how do we cultivate the skills that are needed to be able to not be drawn into the habitual condition tendencies of taking sides? How can we cultivate the ability? How can we develop the skills? Well, there's five, there's five instruments that it's really wise to develop. And these five are faith, integrity, mindfulness, wise restraint, and wise reflection. And of course, we've heard these spoken about many times before. We've read them, read about them. What does it mean in terms of practice when we're confronted with serious dukkha? What does it actually mean to exercise faith? And it's not just not just believing that the Buddha had all the answers. It's not just believing that the Dhamma is great. That's not the same thing as having faith in the Dhamma. Having faith that the middle way exists, that there is this perspective, there is this possibility of just knowing the tendency of the mind to move towards agreeing and disagreeing, liking and disliking, taking sides for and against, winning and losing. If there's faith in that possibility, that perspective of the middle way, then what it means is that we've got energy, we've got aliveness. There's a chance that we're not going to be defined by those tendencies. We all have the tendencies. That's Again, that well, depends on the kind of conditioning we've been through. It's perfectly normal. We have these tendencies of liking and disliking. If there's faith in the possibility of the middle's way, if there's faith and and trust that the Buddha was really awakened, then there's energy, there's presence, there's interest in going against our conditioned tendencies. If we don't have faith that it's possible, the middle way is an option. If we don't have faith that the middle way is an option, then we're just almost obliged, well, I would say we are obliged to follow our conditioning. We're just reacting to what happens. Whereas if there's faith, it can inspire us to do something different, something really otherwise quite difficult and quite challenging. Faith can give us tremendous energy and inspiration and encouragement. And it's inspiring and faith inspires us and encourages us. And we don't have to know the middle way. We don't have to know that the Buddha was awakened. However, it makes a big difference if we have faith that the Buddha was awake and that when the Buddha talked about this perspective of the middle way of not being lost in taking sides, if we have faith in that, it makes a, a big difference. Mm.
It's like if, if I have faith that we can go to Amsterdam from Newcastle by getting on the boat and I ask the driver, ask Gregory to drive our car down to the port on the River Tyne and, and drive onto the ferry and, and then the next morning wake up and drive off in Amsterdam and go and visit some good friends there. That's an act of faith. When you look at it, that great big heavy car drives onto this massively heavy lump of metal, this boat, I mean, huge, monstrous, heavy thing. How come it doesn't sink? How come it doesn't sink? I mean, you just put a little pebble on water and it sinks. How come this great big massive lump of metal doesn't sink? And then this, how come this boat navigates its way over Amsterdam? You can't see Amsterdam when you leave Newcastle. I've done it several times. You can't see Amsterdam, the port over there, and yet the boat regularly ends up in Amsterdam and doesn't end up in Norway. It's not because I know that it's going to work. I trust that it's going to happen. I trust that there's people who know what they're doing. And even if I have an initial level of understanding of physics and navigation and can assume that it might work, it's not that I know it's going to work. It's an act of trust. And, and because there's that trust, because there's that confidence, then embark on the journey is actually good fun. I like going on boat rides to Amsterdam and going visiting friends in the Netherlands. And so faith inspires us, encourages us, and sometimes because we are conditioned and programmed to believe in what goes on in our head, and we, we, we overly value abstract understanding and we think we have to understand everything, have to know about everything. And, and understanding is important, even relative understanding is tremendously important if it's right understanding. However, faith is also profoundly important. It's faith that inspires us and motivates us. And inspires and motivates us to cultivate the next instrument I mentioned there of integrity, sila. Remembering how the, see the Buddha image is always sitting or standing on a lotus and a lotus is the symbol for sila, that which is beautiful that emerges out of the, the mud, uh, out of the swamp. This beautiful flower that emerges out of the, the dark mess of the swamp. And, and, and so it is with a being who cultivates impeccability, who cultivates integrity. Such beings in the world, as sad and as sorry as it can be at times, there's a beauty there. And not just a beauty, but also such beings have self-confidence, have conviction, self-trust. Without a commitment to cultivating integrity, it's of course quite possible to have an artificial or egoic level of self-confidence, but however, that's not the same thing at all, not at all. And then reflecting on the instrument of, in the spiritual practice of mindfulness, sati. When I think of sati, I often remember something Ajahn Chah said when he was talking about sati, and the Thai expression he used was, 
ขาดสัตว์ทิ้งเมื่อลายเป็นบ้าเมื่อนั้น right when when you're out when you're without sati then you're crazy not all there it's a, it's essential and we hear the word these days mentioned often mindfulness mindfulness that and and it's it's become rather devalued and and even before that I, uh, even before it became as popular as is these days a lot of a lot of buddhists maybe were in a little little bit of a hurry to bypass the the all-rounded maturing of mindfulness because we were in a hurry to arrive at insight at wisdom the development of mindfulness or watchfulness alertness attentiveness is really important how can we reflect on the cause and effect how can we reflect on where we're at in our relationship with liking and disliking these different tendencies of the mind if we're not all here If we don't have something, so these instruments of the spiritual practice and the cultivation of these qualities of heart of mind, and when we're under pressure, when we feel really challenged, I would suggest that this is the direction we could usefully be turning in, and not just thinking about. The problems, not just thinking about the difficulties, rather remembering these instructions, these encouragements that the Buddha gave us, remembering the function of faith, trust in in truth, trust that there is an actuality, trust in our conviction that developing integrity is worthwhile, whatever anybody else says. Trust in the power of sati of mindfulness, and remembering the encouragement to cultivate wise restraint. Without wise restraint, we might have willful denial or willful avoidance or willful resistance. Wise restraint. What does that mean? What does wise restraint mean? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Ask not just our minds. We can have an initial idea about what wise restraint might be. What does it actually feel like? Like when you want to, somebody says something that you find offensive, and you want to tell them what you think of them. We feel the the, the pressure in our guts, and maybe the heat, and the, the tensing of the shoulders, and the, the jaw, and and the impulse to. Tell them what you think of them. To say something that impulse. You know, can we feel that impulse and rightly restrain the inclination to follow it? Not as an end in itself. However, as part of the practice, do we have that particular skill? Can we exercise that skill to inhibit intentional inhibition? Or sometimes I refer to it as conscious composure. This, that that capacity to inhibit the conditioned reaction, so we can feel what we feel without being driven by it, and then we have a living in a conscious relationship with it, a more conscious relationship. And we keep learning to becoming increasingly conscious of our relationship with the tendencies to take sides for and against.
And as we develop this skill and start to recognize what it means to not stop feeling anything, not running off and developing samadhi and feeling good about life and and feeling sorry for those losers who don't have access to samadhi. Rather, feeling what we feel. If If the world makes us sad, then to let the tears flow without being lost in the sadness. Right restraint can help in giving us access to that quality of awareness, that spacious, open-hearted, alive, feeling sensitivity that means that when we feel sad, there's a better chance that we'll feel it fully without resisting it, without indulging in it. Those are the two extremes, indulging in it and denying it. And remember the Buddha talked about the Majima Patipata, the middle way, that perspective of being able to feel what we feel without being defined by those feelings. We can be conditioned to feel all sorts of nonsense reactions. How do we reflect on those reactions, those feelings? Are they wise or wholesome? Should we follow them or not follow them? Well, without wise restraint, it's very difficult. So experimenting with the feelings that we have, like aversion, when you see the activity of a maniacal bully uh, taking advantage of the influence and power that he or she has, and then the feeling of aversion comes up. Can we feel the aversion without following the reaction to cling to it and then turn the aversion into hatred? Hatred is toxic. Hatred is really dangerous. Hatred causes wars. With right restraint, maybe there's a possibility that we can feel aversion, we can feel sadness, we can feel fear, and it can inform us rather than obstruct us. And then the fifth of these instruments that really supporting the cultivation of the ability to deepen our practice is the wise reflection. If these other four are in place, faith and integrity, mindfulness, wise restraint, there's a better chance that that we'll be able to ask the right questions at the right time, in the right way. Sometimes, because we're all so well-read and well-educated, we we can come up with really powerful questions. However, if we're not properly prepared, then those questions are not necessarily going to take us deeper. They're not necessarily going to help us in our inquiry. If we're too disturbed, if we're too threatened, if we're too lost, if we're too caught up in our reactions, then even though we might have really intelligent questions, they're not necessarily going to serve deepening of reflection and produce real beneficial understanding. So at this time of feeling challenged and saddened by the situation that humanity has got ourselves into, let's remember these teachings. Let's not just judge the situation as it shouldn't be this way. That's understandable to feel it shouldn't be this way. However, 
it is this way. And with the benefit, the huge benefit of having received these teachings, maybe it's possible to learn something from this suffering so that when circumstances change, as they will do, we'll be in a better position to avoid creating problems later on. Or maybe even in a position to generate benefit for other beings. Thank you very much for your attention. And my own, I'm